0: I'm here with Professor Tamsin Ford and Professor Neil Humphrey. We're at the Mental Health Education Conference in Manchester. Uh, And Tamsin's just presented on her um, soon to be published STARS trial, Supporting Teachers and Children in Schools Cluster Randomized Trial of the Incredible Years Teacher Classroom Management Course. That's quite a mouthful. You've been having to say that for 10 years to people.
1: We call it STARS.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about STARS. Why did you do this trial in the first place?
1: Well, um, the commonest mental health condition for children is behaviour that people struggle to manage and that gets in the way of their development. The evidence based intervention for um, children who struggle to behave is parent training, but no amount of parenting training is going to impact on children's behaviour in the classroom and it's in the classroom where a lot of the impact on children's life trajectory happens. We also know that teachers are very stressed and one of the things that really stresses teachers and takes them out of the profession is managing difficult behaviour. And interestingly, the management of classrooms in today's teacher training is really not there. You learn on the job, you learn from your experience rather than formal training. So I was aware of um, the Incredible Years package of interventions which the parenting training has gone everywhere and if you've got a small amount of money and you want to impact children's behaviour absolutely that's where you start but there's a parallel package for teachers that was designed to be given at once and also with one with young people for children with the worst behaviour problems. And it occurred to me that pulling out that teacher programme and testing on its own might be a good universal public health intervention for children's mental health. Um, And so that's what we set about testing. We had 80 primary schools across the southwest of England. We randomised one teacher from one class in each of those schools to go on the training or not and we took a series of questionnaire measures we got reports from the teachers on the children's academic progress and we went in and observed a quarter of the classrooms we couldn't get around all of them um, before we randomized And then again, after we randomised half the teachers went on the course, we went back at the end of that academic year. And then we insisted on single year groups so that the teachers and the children separated. And that meant we could follow those children with a different teacher over the next two academic years.
0: What are the results?
1: Well, we found a small um, statistically significant effect on our primary outcome, which was the teacher report, the strength, um, their children's strengths and difficulties um, Now, we have a little bit of a problem in that the teacher knew whether or not they went on the course. Um, our blinded observations did show in those classrooms that we observed that we changed the teacher's behaviour and we improved um, children's compliance in those observed classrooms. But we only got that effect at the end of the first academic year. Now, it could be that when the children went off to a different teacher who's not trained and is, is handling them in a different way that the effect washes out. Or it could be that the teachers love the course and it's a biased response or it could be that you're doing an intervention with children who most of whom are doing fine and for those children the intervention may be bolstering their social emotional skills and protecting their mental health but it's difficult to show a big effect whereas um, for the children in the class who were struggling it might be having a bigger effect and that was a planned subgroup analysis that we wanted to do right from the moment we submitted the bid um and in fact that's what we found the children who were struggling at baseline had a a bigger effect on this and there were some other things that did persist through the whole 30 months so we had an impact on children's concentration across 30 months reported by to the same extent by those other two teachers who hadn't been on the course and probably weren't aware whether their colleague went on the course or not Um, and similarly for um, low level disruptive behaviour so not so much mental health but the kind of stuff that really irritates teachers and really gets in the way of um, children learning Um, so you know, I think we have got some effects I I don't think we're quite at the stage where you could say roll this out everywhere but I think we've got enough evidence to test this and perhaps expand it so one teacher in the school with no backup after those initial training is not a big intervention Um, and the teachers all said that they thought it would make a bigger impact the following year when they could use the skills they'd learnt in planning what they delivered and not just delivering it So we might have done our trial wrong because we followed the children and maybe we should have followed the teachers.
0: And tell us briefly about cost-effectiveness because you had Sarah Byford doing the health economics on this.
1: We did um, and I need to be very careful to get it right because Sarah will be really cross with me if I don't. I think that the punchline is that it looks like it's probably cost-effective in the short to medium term just thinking about those children. But of course if you train a teacher you potentially impact all the children that they subsequently teach they might need some boosters at some point point. Um, and maybe we weren't able to demonstrate it but i think it's still worth thinking about you might have an impact on the teachers as well and that wasn't measured
0: what do you think now what's your interpretation of this what are the implications for practice and for other research
2: well i think there's a few things i mean one of the key things to start off with is this is an outstanding piece of research knowing how difficult it can be from bitter personal experience of running a trial with so many schools keeping them engaged getting through all the measurement and all those kinds of things so so as a as a piece of kind of science it's absolutely outstanding i think the some of the implications are around well first there's a, a key one which is around our expectations for what universal interventions can deliver and for whom so this expectation that i think kind of generally pervades that if the intervention is universal that we should see effects right across the board for all children and i think increasingly we're showing that that's just not the case so i think the fact that there's any main effects like you said most children in any given classroom are healthy and happy Uh, so to find any kind of effect at that intention to treat level is is very impressive but then to have those kind of planned subgroup analyses to, to have thought ahead of time and theorise and say, well, actually, if it's going to have an effect, it's these kids that are going to benefit. And to be able to show that, particularly having planned it ahead of time, because a lot of the studies in this field don't find a main effect, and then there's a bit of digging that's happened, and suddenly there's a subgroup effect where the boys with brown hair have you know gains, and you know we, we thought that all along. But actually having these planned subgroup effects is a really crucial component of driving the science forward here and it's also an independent study as well so I mean a lot of the school-based prevention work the very impressive evaluations have been led by the people that develop the programs and so I think independent evaluations like Tamsin's I'll always put more you know kind of trust in if you like because there's no there's no benefit to Tamsin personally whether incredible years is shown to to benefit kids or not so I think it's for, th- for all those reasons it's very impressive but I think the key kind of thing for me is around being able to show those benefits for the children who are most at risk and the fact that something that is low intensity is in terms of kind of cost per child is 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 low uh, and is able to to benefit children in the short to medium term and from an economic point of view looks like it's cost effective as well is you know it's it will help to Uh, convince schools that this is something that's worth investing because increasingly schools are, you know, asking the questions about where's the evidence for this, and is it value for money and that, you know, these are the questions that schools in the current educational context are beginning to ask increasingly, so actually having this evidence base in the UK, which is growing now, which we've not had, you know, up until very, very recently, I mean, you know, the number of proper, you know, well-controlled trials of school-based interventions in the UK, 10 years ago was you could probably count on one or two hands whereas now there's a a huge explosion of trials like Tamsin's and like the work that we've done that's building an evidence base that's rigorous that's based here in the UK that schools can then kind of engage with in thinking about how they plan their provision.
1: Well I think we need to do it bigger and better so you know i am incredibly proud of what um my team have done over the last decade but inevitably we got some things wrong so we didn't have a good measure of teacher-pupil relationships and actually in parallel to this some of my um epidemiological work have demonstrated that teacher-pupil relationships actually have really profound effects on on people's mental health but also their school trajectory Um, and we had sort of a at scale type thing um, but the, the teachers' qualitative data is that, that that's where the improvement is their relationships with the children the children's relationships with each other and also their relationships with the parents all improved and the teachers are telling us this is what's having an effect and we managed not to measure it I think one teacher per, child, oh, per school was all we could get funding to do but it's not enough and um Carolyn Webster Stratton he developed this now would recommend a coaching model so that there are the six days training but in between that there is someone available to those teachers around the really tricky children to help get the proactive behaviour management plans in place and really solid and to kind of cheerlead. And you know, teaching's really tough. It's not a job that I could do. And um you know that in these times of austerity, um, coaching might not be available. But it's a kind of role that educational psychologists, if they understood the program, they could. We have the services that could just slot in to support it. And I think a whole school model where it's not just the teachers, it's the teaching assistants, it's the dinner ladies, it's the playground supervisors. If everybody's working off the same hymn sheet then I think you might see some really quite big effects even in the healthy kids.